Good day. Welcome back to church once again. Well, as it's still New Year, I want to take this opportunity to wish you all a happy and blessed New Year. We started the year by studying the book of Philippians, a book not exactly trying to address an issue by Paul, although it was written from prison. Um, it was a letter written to the church because of that joy, that uncontained joy that was bursting from within him because of the partnership and uh, the giving and all that the church in Philippi has joined hands together to work with Paul. And it's important. Uh, joy is, uh, is an important thing, especially in this brand new year. The last year has been, had been tough and uh, with so much uncertainty, we need the joy of the Lord. It is the source of our strength. And I want us to study this book because I believe we are going to get a lot of strength a lot of understanding of how we can continue to still be steadfast in a season of uncertainty. I'm going to read to you Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 to verse 6. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this moment again that we can come together to worship you by listening to the preaching of the Word of God. Whether we are believers for many years or we are a new believer, or maybe we are someone searching, trying to find out what is the real purpose and meaning in life. God, I pray that you use me today as I communicate this message. God, that it will speak right into our hearts that we may discover joy, discover Christ from the inside out. So we commit this time to you, God. In Jesus' most precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'd like you to get your notebook ready, your scripture, because if you have received a revelation from God, I would like you to write it down so that you remember what God has spoken to you. Okay? All right. So, so last week, when I started talking about uh, partnership in the gospel, uh, between Paul and the church in Philippi. I also link it to your partnership uh, together with me and all of us as we pioneered our church 20 years ago. Yes, 20 years ago, we pioneered this church when we were young, we were you know, students and not knowing much, but only armed with that desire to, to, to build, to pioneer a brand new church in the city to really touch our world for Jesus. Today, after so many years, we've seen the fruits of our labor. So many friends and members and loved ones have given their hearts to Jesus Christ. And I also share with you how beautiful it was that my dad, before he passed on, when, uh, when I was way younger actually, uh, I was trying to understand the call of God in my life. And my dad, the, the question that most concerned my dad was actually my salvation. He wrote to me, felt like Paul writing to the church, are you saved? And uh, that was how founded my dad in his faith in Christ Jesus. And ultimately, you know, because Jesus specializes in the completion of the work that he began in us and that joy when my mom gave her heart to Jesus and wanting to be baptized once the lockdown is over. I, I want you to know as a son, as a believer, my brother and I and our family, there's really nothing much that can top that when your mom 
that you have been a Christian for 35 years, one day to come and tell you, say, I've given my heart to Jesus, son, and I want to be baptized. Paul says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain in Philippians chapter one, as chapter one and verse 21. To live is Christ. Friends, I want you to know, whether you, you are a student, you're working, you're a housewife, no matter who you are, the moment we, while we are still breathing, everything that we do, how we live, it's all about Christ. The totality of our being is Christ. Christ ought to consume us at all times. You know, the way we think, the things that we say and the things that we do, everything ought to center around Christ. You, you don't have to be a pastor to, to yeah, but you say, but you're different, you're a pastor, that's why you think like it. No, the scripture, when Paul says, for to me to live is, is Christ, is not limited to full-time workers. It really doesn't matter what profession you're in or what season you may in. Christ ought to be the center of us all because if Christ is not all, then how can death be a gain for all of us? What worth more than all eternity with Jesus Christ? What can worth more than all eternity with Jesus Christ? I want to take us to chapter 2 this week and I want to read to you verses and explain to you as I go along. Is that okay? So stay with me, Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any comfort sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in Spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. You know, in chapter 1, when we learned the book of Philippians last week, Paul deals with the preaching of the gospel, the preaching of the good news of why God sent Jesus Christ into our world for all of us. But here in chapter 2, he quickly moves on and he began to address a life after Christ lives in us. You see, there is a standard, there is a measure of how we should live. We are united with Christ. When Christ lives in us, we and Christ, together with Christ, are one. Therefore, as believers, we are to be like-minded with fellow believers sharing the same goal and desires for the purpose of what? Of preaching Christ. So we are like-minded. We, we share the same goal to preach Christ to everyone around us, carrying the same love for the world and for one another, being one in spirit and of one mind. So we ought to be united for the cause of Jesus Christ. To Paul, all that we experience in life ought to lead us to this. And that is why we are called a church, a community, a collective of believers. So collectively, we are to live out the message of the love of Christ to a world in need of a Lord and Saviour. I want us, I want to inspire, I want to encourage you that in 2021, more than ever before, that no matter where you are, what you do, that Christ ought to be the centrality, the, the, the most 
consuming factor in our lives once again. Not only that, because now that we have Christ in us in chapter 2, Paul deals with the life after we have Christ in us. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit or something that benefit or for the pleasure of ourselves. Rather, Paul says, value others higher than yourselves, ourselves and always be on the lookout for the interests of others. By now, I am sure you, you get this, that the life of Christ, that this faith in Christ is always about others first. The gospel is always about how we conduct ourselves affecting the people around us. In fact, others first. It's the meaning of our tree, our medical mission, the birthing of our medical mission in our church. It's because we want to place others ahead of ourselves. So on December 26, a few of us, Pastor Keith and I and uh, Elder, our Elder Jin Chong, together with Dr. Andrew and other doctors and nurses and frontliners, we went and did a soft opening. We launched our clinic uh, called Clinic Kachariyan at Submit Mall. We want to be a full-fledged functioning clinic, which is self-sufficient, uh, but at the same time doing so well that we are able to reach out to the underprivileged and be a blessing to the community. And I, I love this because it expresses that Christ is in us, that when Christ is in us, we are always placing the interests of others ahead of ourselves. Let's go to verse 5. And then Paul says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, you see, again, it is the relationship between us and our world, between us and our community. And the mindset that we ought to carry is a mindset as Christ Jesus. Now you want to know, what mindset is that? Verse 6, it says, Who being in very nature God, Jesus, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, in our dealing, our relationship with one another, how should we carry ourselves if we have the mindset of Christ? What is that mindset? The mindset is one of humility and servanthood. Again, Paul is saying, hey, now that you have Christ in you, Christ in us, it is always about others first. Beyond putting others first, Jesus went one step further. He went on and served humanity. He, he was God, but He did not abuse that position. In fact, He emptied Himself so that we, through His death, can be saved. And He emptied Himself because He wants to be obedient. He wants to serve. 
Friends, I want to encourage you in 2021. Serve God through serving one another. Let us learn to serve God through serving one another, helping one another in times of need. You know, you know the, the last year and the beginning of this year has got so many bad news and challenges and scary stuff that we, we in our generation never had uh, experienced before. But really, this is a time that, that there is a call for us to be on the lookout, to be in need, uh, to help those who are in need. That those of us who have been blessed by God, that you have, you have more than enough. You know, whenever you hear of someone having a need, why don't you send them some money or, or, or give them a gift that they need in order for them to overcome this tough season? And I believe this is what humanity with Christ is all about. That you and I are constantly on the lookout so that you will not find in our own community, in, in, in our neighborhood, in our society, that there are those that are very close to us, that we know them, and yet when they have needs, we are not there to help and support them. Help them, not just financially, but to grow in faith, to grow in the Lord. Honor each other. Honor each other. Respect each other. And have you actually ever wondered why all these were in the scripture? And Paul was very clear, very direct, very precise. You are to honor each other, respect each other, to be in a place when you conduct yourselves in that manner, others may come to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first part is to preach the gospel. The second part is now that Christ is in us, all that we say, all that we do, all that we think about and how we carry ourselves is so that Christ may be introduced to them. Therefore, verse 12, it says, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence because he was in prison, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. So Paul says, continue to work out your salvation. Yes, you and I are already saved. The, the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the, the salvific work of Christ on the cross is complete. But still, the life after we have Christ in us, we have to continually work on that relationship with God, with Jesus, with fear and trembling. That means we got to learn to fear God, honour God, in reverence of God, in all of God. Because when we live our lives like that, the purposes of God in our lives will come to pass. You see, our lives belong to God. My life belongs to God. And we got to allow God to work in us to feel, fulfill His good purpose, to fulfill God's good purpose in us. But then you might wonder, eh? Then how about my own purpose? You know what? When God's purpose in your life is fulfilled, I want to assure you, your own purpose would have been, uh, would have been exceeded. Would it, you would have achieved far greater, far more when God's purpose in our lives is being fulfilled. Verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Do everything without grumbling and arguing. 
do everything heartily, do everything willingly. Do if if you have been assigned an assignment, do it with joy, do it with cheerfulness. Because why? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Um, I can't give you examples like if you've been asked to vacuum the church building or to arrange the chairs because we don't have a physical gathering. Maybe at home, you can clean up the home, you can clean up your house, tidy up your, your surrounding, whatever it may be, or, or being a blessing to a neighbor, helping somebody wash their car or whatever. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Again, it is not just doing that for the sake of doing that, because in the next part of, the, of that verse, it says, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. That when we conduct ourselves in a manner that it is not complaining, grumbling or arguing, we shine like stars in the midst of our friends, in the midst of our loved ones and our family. Why? Because we are holding on firmly to the word of life, the word of God that begins to shape our lives will then be a witness. We are like stars that shine brightly in the midst of darkness. Then Paul says, I'll be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. Paul says, if you do well, if you represent Christ well, if you are a witness for Jesus, if you live your life in that manner, then no matter what I've sacrificed, it, it's worthwhile. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. You know, at the end of the day, the reason why we live in a Christ-like manner is really for the sole purpose of being a bright shining star, a witness, a testimony for those who have yet to know the Lord. That when other people see us, they see you different. Yep, there are many successful people. But if you are successful and you have Christ, then people see, you know what? There's something about you that is not the same as other people. You can do well in your workplace. You can do well in your school. You can do well in your colleges. But if you do well in life and yet you have Christ and you are different, then the world will begin to ask questions why your life is in such a way. How are you living your life differently, portraying good living and a living God in 2021? How do we live our life portraying good living and a living God in 2021? It has to do with our conduct in front of other people. But it first begins with our faith in God. When we are assured, when we know what God has done and given to us. And then Paul went on to talk about two bright shining stars in his life. And that's none other than Timothy and Epaphroditus. In verse 19, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But Timothy was different, right? But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But uh, he wanted to keep Timothy for himself, although he knows that 
um, he will be a blessing to them. But I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Such a personal letter, isn't it? Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him. Uh, and not only on him, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I'm all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honour people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. So, so again, the life that we have today, it's really indebted to the work of Christ Jesus. So, my friends, I want to encourage you that no matter where you are, continue to shine brightly in the midst of your loved ones, your family, and your friends, that they may encounter the Lord like how Paul would encourage the church in Philippi. I want to go to chapter 3 right now. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. See, see Paul is filled with so much joy in this letter. And it is almost not logical to actually considering that he was writing this from the prison. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you, he says. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and, he, and who put no confidence in the flesh, that means in our achievement in life, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks that he, they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, Paul says, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Paul, in his own word, before Christ, and what he thought he believed was right, he believed with all his heart that he has fulfilled all righteousness. And then in comparison of righteousness to the law, he was faultless. Then, verse 7, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Paul is saying he did all this prior to Christ and thought that those were the most precious, most valuable thing in his life until he met Christ and realized that, you know what? What is more? Verse 8, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. He said, none of this is ever compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. You know what, friends? Truly, this is not just what Paul is saying, but it is what all of us should know, and not just know in our head, but know in our heart, know in our spirit that there's nothing in this lifetime or in the life to come in all eternity that can be compared to that surpassing knowledge of Christ Jesus. Paul went even one step further, he said, I consider them garbage 
that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that's come from God on the basis of faith. He said that the righteousness that I now have is not by my own works through the law, but by faith in Christ Jesus. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul is always heavenward. Paul's life is always Christward. Not that I've already obtained all these or have already arrived at my goal, Paul says. You know, it's interesting, right? He, he knows that he, for Christ, it is, with Christ, it is everything. But then in verse 12, he said, not that I've already obtained all this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Christ consumed Paul's life. Let Christ consume our lives. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That there is nothing in life more precious, more valuable than that relationship that you and I can have with God for all eternity. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, Paul says, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and I'll tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach for their own flesh and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. But our citizenship is in heaven. That's why, you know, the Christian life is seen as a pilgrimage. We are always a people on a journey because our destiny is heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. And as we, we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. You might wonder, Pastor, why read to us verses after verses after verses? Because I want you to hear these words of Paul that from verses 7 to 11 and then from 12 all the way to verse 21, we see that there is a focus, there is a destination, there is an aim and it is heaven. It is heavenward. It is that eternal relationship with Christ Jesus. And so we all have to come to realise that what we are aiming for is eternal, not temporal. What we are aiming for is for all eternity. And it's not just for this life here on earth. 
Because when we get that right, listen to me, when we get that right, we will not be easily defeated or, or affected or, or, or blinded or blurred by the cares and the woes of this world. Because when we get that right, that becomes the foundation, the base from where we work from. I share with you the story of my dad. I, you know, when growing up, when I was younger and I think I was smarter, it, it frustrates me because my dad is so at peace in his life with God. It almost feels like I am so ready for heaven at any time. He will not have to fight for a lot of things. He is not greedy. He, you know, he is, I, I don't know how to tell you, but it was a, it is a privilege for me to be called his son and to know him. That, that peace, that assurance, that certainty, that you know what? That he tells me, son, all this material world is temporal. We ought to live for all eternity. When, when we get that foundation right, everything else is passing. Everything else becomes a pale shadow in comparison to the glory of God through Christ Jesus. I work and I serve from a place of knowing my destiny, not for my destiny. Are you with me? I, I am serving God out of a place of out of heaven and not for heaven. That means I'm not doing all this thing to earn a place in eternity with God. No, I already have a place there and therefore I know what I am doing. And why is that foundation so critical that I am here for all eternity, that whatever I do should echo for all eternity? Why is that so important? Because we are still here on earth. Listen to this. So no matter what I do, be it in my family, in my career, in my workplace, in my university, in my college, in my school, or in my ministry. The foundation of this is that I know I am designed and I'm set for all eternity. I'm set for all eternity. Therefore, I'm motivated to do the best that I can right now so that I can be a good testimony to others, so that I can win more lives and lead more people to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when I realize that the base, the foundation of my life, it's eternal and I'm still on earth, therefore my goal, my, 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 my whole outlook of life is for all eternity. That is why you and I ought to be excellent. We got to do well. We got to, and no matter where we are, in your school, in your colleges, in your workplace, you, you got to give your best. Why? Because when you do that, you know that you can become a good testimony and through your life, through your action and through what you tell them about the love of God that is at work in you, you can lead more people. You can meet, win more lives for Jesus. You can win more lives to Christ. It is so different. It, it's... It is, it's a small tweak, if you like, in your brain. It is a tweak in your mindset. I am not working so hard to be safe. I'm working so hard because I'm already safe 
I want others to be safe. I don't want to go to work just to earn money. I don't want to do this just to, you know, get a better life. There's nothing wrong with living better. There's nothing wrong with all that. But it cannot be the only thing that consumes me. The thing that consumes me is that I'm doing well so that I can become a voice to lead people to Christ Jesus. I am doing well in my school so that through my results, through how I carry out my life, I can introduce Jesus Christ to my friends. Selflessness model after Christ is the key to a deep-seated joy. Can I wrap this up for this Sunday? Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 to verse 28, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens in our lives, in our workplace, in our family, in our school, in our colleges, on the road when we are driving, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but you will be saved and that by God. Stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Collective, church, my leaders and all my friends, in 2021, what do we want to strive together as one for the faith of the gospel? What are we doing collectively together for the faith of the gospel? The vision of the church is always evangelism and discipleship. So my question to all of us today is, who are you going to win for the Lord this year? How many are you going to win for the Lord this year? It's not just reaching our goals in our business, how much we want to earn, but also this, how many and who do you want to win for the Lord this year? Who are you going to disciple this year? Who are you going to spend time helping them to deepen their faith, to better understand God in their life? You know what? There's nothing greater than living for Jesus Christ. There's nothing greater than living for Jesus Christ. I am so indebted to the work of Jesus Christ on the cross that on that day when I knew that it was Christ who gave His life for me, my whole outlook towards my life changed. It doesn't stop me from doing well in life. It doesn't stop me from being excellent. But I realize if I'm excellent in all that I do, but if I do not have God, then I have nothing. It is all just temporal. We want what is eternal and that's relationship an eternal relationship with God the Father, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Friends, how is your relationship with God? How is your walk with God? That, does it produce a conviction in you, you know, that we don't easily give up on that walk with Jesus Christ? I, I don't mean you, you cannot go through tough times. That's not what I meant. But you don't throw in a towel and say, I don't want to serve God anymore. No, because that day I knew the meaning of my life when Christ died for me. I pledged to live my life for Jesus Christ. I want to thank my dad for being such an important witness in my life. My mom and my church leaders, all those who have gone before me, 
to shape me for who I am. And before I close today, I want to take you to the verse, the verses that I started at the beginning of this message. I thank my God every time I remember you. I do. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I am swelling with joy because I'm giving thanks to God for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am confident because Christ will bring all this work to completion. Today, before I pray for those who have never invited Jesus into their lives, I want to challenge you. I want to ask you to prepare your hearts to continue to partner with us in this work of the gospel. This is the one sowing. This is the one expense that you expend every week. That when you come to church in the past physically, or when you're listening to an online service like this, when you give your offering, this is one investment that will last for all eternity. I give, my wife give, my children give, because I want the seeds that I sow will introduce Christ to far more people. Don't, don't just tip God. Don't just give God a token giving, but give out of your heart. Give out of your, out of, out of your desire to worship. Give out of your appreciation and a thankful heart to God. Give because you want to partner with us in the work of the gospel. Amen. Can I just pray? Father God, I thank you. Right now, as we prepare our hearts to give, God, we do not want to start the year and give you a token offering to tip you. Oh, wow, he, he really preached well today. Give him a bit more. Not me, but to the church. No, 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 no. We give because we know that the seeds that we sow, the money that we give will be used to grow the work of the church, to lead more people to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God, I pray for every sower that sow, bless every giver so that we'll always have more seeds in our hand to do far greater work for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And so now I'm going to end this message. And if you wonder why I speak. You wonder why I do this. Why I want to become a pastor and why I want to lead a church is so that you that have heard this message, whether you're driving or sitting in a lounge somewhere, whether you're in Malaysia or you're not in Malaysia, maybe you're listening to this in other parts of the world, I want to introduce Christ to you. I want to tell you how my life was changed. I was a, a bungling young person with no aim, no goal, couldn't speak for nothing in life. But Jesus saved me, gave me a purpose, introduced to me His unconditional love, that my sins are washed away, that I can have an eternal relationship with God. So if you do not know Jesus and you want to know more about this God, maybe you've heard something about God or church and you were not too excited, but today you heard this message and it's really spoken into your heart. Why don't you join us in the Zoom uh, link that we will provide for you afterwards so that we can pray for you and introduce Christ to your life. And if you want to start a new believers class, uh, our church provides a new adventure. You can also indicate uh, at the end of this or in the chat that you would like to know more about Jesus. 
our leaders will be more than happy to help you. So let us know if today you want to invite Jesus Christ into your heart. We want to begin that new journey with you. It is a journey, not just for this lifetime, but for all eternity. Be blessed and I see you next week. Take care now. God bless. Bye. I trust that you have been impacted by the word that we have prepared for you today. I know God is doing a work on the inside of you. So it is my desire. It is my prayer that the word will change you from the inside out. And if you have been impacted and you want to be a part of what we're doing in spreading the word of God to the ends of the earth, you want to partner with us. I want to ask you, challenge you, encourage you, inspire you to give to our work so that whatever that we're doing can continually be done and we can do it better and we can do it far further to the entire ends of the world. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. God bless you and looking forward to having you soon. Take care now. God bless and bye-bye.